Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Hi, my name is Stan Pons, and I'm the president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida, as well as the Bible teacher on Make It Clear, and I am so glad that you could be with us today. It's a little bit of an unusual program today because most of the time when you listen, you're going to hear life application, Bible teaching, expositorily through Scripture, but you also know that from time to time, I'd like you to listen to some of our guests that we have because they really have a message that they own in their own heart, and I believe it'll be a message that'll impact your life, and today we have just such a guest. Her name is Caitlin Crane, and our topic is going to be on sex trafficking. Now, I know that probably caught you off guard, didn't it? Well, if it did, I want you to know that this will be a very important program. It'll be very important to know that it's also age appropriate. So with all the grace and love that I have for you, as important as this topic is, I know that you are the captain of the ship in your own home and that you want to have the right people listen to this and those that maybe would listen to it at another time. So knowing that, we're going to go ahead and begin our program today with Caitlin Crane. Let's welcome her to the program. Caitlin, thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Wow. Here we have a beautiful young lady here. She's sitting, taking this recording together with me, and yet she is passionate about rescuing young people, children, mostly girls, but sometimes the guys, little boys and others get involved in that as well. And I'm wondering, tell us, how did you ever get involved in being an advocate, an activist, and a champion for this sex trafficking plague? that is global. I remember at that time going to a fundraiser with my parents for an organization in India that works to rescue girls from sex trafficking there. And one of the leaders was just sharing about their work and she was sharing about a a young girl who was 14 and she had been rescued from sex trafficking. And as she shared her story and just the horrific things that she went through, I just remember even being so young that it just impacted me significantly. And I remember thinking that she could have been me. And that just stuck with me over the years. It it turned into a passion to fight on behalf of the vulnerable and the exploited. And uh, the crazy thing is, though, is it never dawned on me that I was vulnerable myself. And so fast forward several years, I was about to start just one. I was almost 21 years old. And around the same time, I met a guy who was quite a few years older than me. And on the surface, he seemed to be you know pretty decent guy. He claimed to be a Christian. But to make a really long, honestly, and messy story short, this guy um, manipulated me and he, he lied about a lot of things some pretty big things and it wasn't until a year later and after making choices that I never would have made if I had known the truth um, that I found out the truth and he lied about having stage 3 lung cancer just to get me to stay in a relationship he lied about uh that he lived with a girlfriend that he had the whole time. Mm. He was pursuing me, among other things. By the time I found out the truth, it was too late to protect myself. So it's crazy, though, looking back now when I see that, that the very thing, you know, that I felt called to fight against, fight against exploitation, you know, really is what almost happened to me because if he had been a trafficker, this is the crazy thing. If he had been a trafficker, I very likely would have been trafficked. He used a lot of the same tactics, manipulative tactics, that traffickers use in the beginning stages of grooming their victims. Usually they'll try to make a young girl, you know, fall in love with them and make her think that they love, you know, he loves her, kind of groom her into a relationship and then it'll go from there. 
looking back, seeing that almost happened to me and how easily it almost happened to me is one thing that now it just fuels me to fight on behalf of children to make sure that that, that and even something worse than that doesn't happen to them. You know, because the reality is, and, and this just breaks my heart to even say it, but there's over 10 million children around the world today that are being exploited in much more horrific ways than I was. And so that motivates me to fight. And I could only imagine the number 10 million is such a conservative number because so much goes under the radar. In fact, you know, it's only been perhaps in the last 10, maybe 15 years that people were willing now to talk more about sex trafficking. You'd hear it in the news more. You'd see it in certain television programs, etc. But now it is really becoming an issue across the world. And there are people like you that want to champion that. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that now. And I'm so glad our listeners can hear this. Tell us now, just in case there's one of those that have been really kind of locked on an island somewhere and they hear the term sex trafficking and they only think of one little window of what it looks like. So without going into details, but yet still identify what would be sex trafficking. And you can go wide so that we would understand how broad this net is to capture people into this. Great. Well, thank you for that question. Because a lot of times people assume uh, that if they have heard of sex trafficking, but they assume that it's very much, maybe say like you would see it in the movie Taken, where it's, you know, a girl is, is kidnapped, she's trafficked, she's trapped, potentially chained up and literally can't leave wherever she is. Now, Unfortunately, that is a real reality oftentimes, but it can also look very different than that. It can look like a girl who is in high school and she goes to school every day and she goes home to her family every night. But say she had gone to a party, gotten drunk and slept with a guy and he took pictures of her. And then he started threatening her to engage with sexual activity with him and his friends. And he would share those pictures if she didn't do what he said. That is sex trafficking, and people would not usually realize Mm. who that is. And this girl, for instance, would be living supposedly a normal life, and no one would know that that's happening to her. Well, that's one window. Go a little bit broader than that. What else could it look like? Sex trafficking can also look like uh, a connection that people don't often think about, and that is through pornography. That is, I know, a very sensitive subject. And unfortunately, statistics show us that many people uh, struggle with pornography both in the non-Christian and in the Christian world. It is the reason there is a connection between the two. One is because the porn consumer and people who struggle with that, it it is driving demand into Uh the mainstream of society. And that is because the porn consumer, without realizing it, is objectifying the person on the other side of the screen. And when you objectify someone, you dehumanize them. And it makes it a lot easier to commit violence against them or to to use them for your own personal gain. And that feeds a demand for sex trafficking. On another side, pornography and sex trafficking are often even just the same thing. Uh, Sex trafficked victims, there's a stat, a statistic that reports over 50% of sex trafficked victims report that porn was made of them while they were in bondage. So someone who is watching porn has no way of knowing that if what they're watching is someone who's chosen to do that or is being forced. Sometimes our listeners might think, well, this is only done in dark, seedy, black alleys, or maybe in some lonely park where a girl is walking their dog or something like that. But it's really happening right before our eyes. I was told recently that there is a shopping mall in Orlando, Florida that happens to be one of the central shopping centers where kids normally 
normally just go after school and they kind of just hang with their friends. But it becomes a haven for sex traffickers to begin their their ploy to get those kids and girls into that. Is that true? Absolutely. The traffickers use all different kinds of tactics and they go to all different kinds of places to try to reach and you know, first to find and identify someone who would be an easy target and then to start luring them in. The traffickers will even use social media as a tool. That's something that we as an organization at Just One talk about and uh, trying to educate young people and parents on how traffickers will use social media to, to find them first and then usually pretending to be someone they're not like because anyone can create a fake profile to, to make them look like someone you would want to talk to. Traffickers do this then they build a relationship with the child through coercion and manipulation over time will start demanding things of the child and the child feels threatened and usually very unsafe and oftentimes gives into it just because they, they don't know what to do or how to handle the situation. So that is another way that trafficking can happen. And it's it's sad and it, it is scary that trafficking happens everywhere and honestly it can happen to just about anyone, especially you know of younger ages, typically more vulnerable. And folks, that's why we have Caitlin Crane with us today of just one. And the reason we're doing that is because we want to raise the awareness of not only what is going on, what is going on, where it's going on, how it's going on, so that you can be educated to not just, okay, you know about it, but what are we doing to partner with that cause so that our own children and grandchildren would really be protected from this by being aware of it as well. And so we're going to have more of this on our program today, and we're going to have a second episode of this so that you can really go deeper into this to be a part of it because it pervades our entire community. And if it's in our community, that means it could be in our neighborhood. If it's in our neighborhood, it could even be somewhere in our family. And I pray not, and I hope it hasn't happened to you. I hope it will never happen to you. But the stark reality is that we live in a sin-sick world that is really often run by Satan. And because of all of that, it feeds upon the depravity of man and, of course, unsuspecting uh, girls and guys. So you're listening to Make It Clear. My name is Stan Pons. I'm your host, and our guest today is Caitlin Crane of Just One. And she's going to talk more about that in a moment because I want you to go to her website. But until then, let me continue asking some questions. If you will, tell us, is there an age group of kids that it starts with how old to how old? Or tell me about the age span of sex traffic victims. Statistics show that around 12 to 14 is the average age of specifically usually a girl, but it can be a boy as well occasionally. Why is that? Why do you think that is the age? I think that's when they are very vulnerable Mm -hmm. and they're also reaching an age where they're slightly older, but they're still very young. And they have a little bit more freedom. They're not right underneath the umbrella of mom and dad as much. And they are are trying to find out who they are and why they're here. And they're very uh, naive, okay, because they weren't raised with a strong value system in some cases, maybe even most cases. And they're easier prey. They're easier to work with. They're easier to manipulate at that age. Of course, though, it can happen at much younger ages. I mean, it sickens me at all times, but it, it just blows my mind how young I've heard stories, you know, even basically toddlers mm-hmm. being, being trafficked and used in this way. And so, but it can go older as well. I mean, mm-hmm. even oftentimes the sad reality is a girl might be trafficked at a young age and mm-hmm. then she never escapes and she hits 18 years old. Then at that point, it gets a little more confusing, especially here in the States, because she's technically an adult. Sometimes they are even prosecuted as a criminal 
doing prostitution mm-hmm. when really they were trafficked as a young age and then just turned 18. I see that. Now, we often, I do, and sometimes in our language, we talk about the girls, the girls, the girls. Do you find that boys are involved as victims in sex trafficking? Yes, absolutely. It is a smaller number uh, right now. Statistics still show that. Um, But it does happen. And I think with boys, it does tend to be a younger, the age is younger, more likely. Unfortunately, some statistics and research is showing that it also can almost even be worse for a boy if they are being trafficked. Like the things that they experience during that time can be worse. And I know it's hard to fathom that, but I I think it's just a reality of, I mean, it's all distorted. As a guy, not being involved in this, but from a masculine context, I think our listeners might agree that most of the time, guys, boys to men, that something like this is so embarrassing and so emasculating to him that they won't talk about it. They get ashamed of it. And so we don't really address it because it's not being addressed. But the statistics could be just as high because if there is so much out there in homosexuality, et cetera, that there is a market for this, even with boys. But we don't hear a lot about that. And many times parents don't talk about it with their boys, their sons. To everything you're saying, it, it needs to be talked about. And parents, I very much encourage them to talk to all of their children, both girls and boys. Uh, when I, so just one, I know I've mentioned it, part of what we do is prevention education, mm-hmm. where we go into schools or churches or host events. Also, we're working on doing online education as well to teach parents. And or sometimes I just talk directly to students themselves. But I'm, I talk to both boys and girls. A lot of times people when I'm coming will ask, oh, do you want to just talk to the girls? And I was like, no, I, I would like to talk to both because they need this knowledge as well to, to be able to protect themselves from the dangers that are out there. Again, if you're listening today, we're talking to Caitlin Crane of Just One, and she is one of the leading advocates to be able to help us understand sex trafficking, but not just so we're aware of it, but that so we can actually do what we can to prevent it, whether we're going to rescue or whether we're going to prevent it from from a person being victimized, that she's all a part of that. And again, her ministry is called Just One. Tell us a little bit about it. Why did you pick the term Just One? We can imagine, but why did you pick Just One? I just remember when I was thinking through what I wanted to name it and the phrase that kept coming to mind was just one is worth fighting for. Obviously, like I've already stated, there's millions of children and not just children. There's adults that, of course, are being trafficked as well around the world today. And that number can be very overwhelming. But if we can focus on one, on the impact and the power of just even rescuing one life, because to that one life, freedom and the chance to live the life that they deserve, that like God created them for, mm-hmm. will mean everything to them. I mean, we really have to stop and just put our, try to put ourselves in their shoes and imagine the joy and the ability to be free again and, and to, to live a good life and what that means to that one person or that one child. And so for me, that is, that's our heartbeat and for the one. We will always be for the one, for the one child. And we'll fight for that one and then we'll fight for another and another. That's really exciting. Folks, if you're listening, I'm sure if you've heard the program, the full length of it so far, you can hear that inside Caitlin's chest is a heart that really 
beats for these victims and realizing how dangerous it is. Because, I mean, it affects them emotionally and physically and socially. And, of course, it destroys their concept of spirituality and all. If there's such a big God, why did he let and all of this kind of stuff? So I understand that you're crying fire right now. You're screaming fire, fire, fire. But you're a person who doesn't just cry fire. You also have a strategy to rescue them out of that as well as to prevent the fire. So tell me a little bit about your strategy. What's the strategy of just one? Absolutely. I know I've spoken some to the prevention, but I want to just go into the reason why we do prevention. I mean, you have to think of trafficking, exploitation. It's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And to start to break that cycle, we've got to get ahead of it. And um, so that's the goal is to prevent it before Mm -hmm. it even happens. Mm -hmm. And so while we do that, and of course, that's something our resources that we're creating online, people can find out more about it, just one, and that's mm-hmm. the number one dot org. That's our website. But also, while we do prevention, we also work to rescue children that have been exploited. And so on that end, we work in Kenya right now, mm-hmm. where we're partnered with a couple of local uh, organizations there. Mm-hmm. And we have helped rescue and care for currently 21 beautiful girls. Oh, and that's true. Precious. Oh, they are precious. Um, I love them. They're ages five to 18. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to meet a couple of them. The others I've just met over video chat, hope to meet them this year in person. Sure. These girls, it's just amazing because when you do hear their stories and uh-huh. what they've gone through, what they've come out of, and then you interact with them, you see their faces, you see the joy. And one is a testimony to uh, the transformative power of knowing Jesus. Mm. And we introduce them to Jesus. And they have the opportunity to learn about him and to choose to follow him. Once they are brought into a safe environment, these children flourish. Mm-hmm. And we provide uh, a great education for them. They're in private school. As they get older, they have the chance to choose a vocational school or a college. A couple of our girls are in college. One girl's about to finish up cosmetology school and is living in her own apartment. Wow. So it's, it's just amazing. And that is what we do on the on the care of rescued children side. And I do like the phrase, just one. I know your vision is far more than one, far more than just Kenya. It's international. It's everywhere. You're willing to go one at a time, rescuing these one at a time. And then you also want to do something that's called restore. And I think that's where you're going. That direction is that restoration. And so talk to us a little bit more. When you look at the girl, you got her out of this now. What are the capacities that you want to restore them in as a as a person, maybe as a as a potential mate, as a partner? And tell us a little bit more about the restoration process. Well, I think one great way to just go into that is sharing this part of the story of one of the girls, and that's Saibuku, and she's the one I just mentioned is now in cosmetology school. <laughs> Great. And so she was rescued years ago when she was 11, mm. and uh, she was rescued from an abusive home, mm. and her father was about to force her into something called early forced childhood marriage, mm-hmm. which is very common in parts of Kenya, parts of Africa, mm-hmm. and you know, children from ages usually 11 to 15 are girls are forced to marry 50 to 70 year old men Mm. and to be their slave for Mm. the rest of their life as long as they manage to stay alive and they're taken out of school they are completely they're not given any hope of choosing a life for themselves (laughs) Saibuhu ran away from home when she found out she was going to be sold into marriage and our local partner was able to rescue her and bring her into the safe house so first and foremost I mean there's the power of giving them a safe environment mm-hmm. and what that the freedom that that gives them. Of course. The introducing them onto the spiritual side of healing and restoration of knowing Jesus. 
I love to tell this story. When I went a few years ago, Saibuku was actually staying with us. Ah. And um, she she was in one of the other rooms getting about to go to bed. And I the door was slightly cracked. And I could hear her praying out loud. Mm. You know who she was praying for? For us. By name. Mm. Like each of us that was there. Like our team. And she was 14 at the time. This was several years ago. Mm-hmm. It's very young. And I was moved to tears. And, sure. and just the fact that we have had the privilege of getting to pour into her life. And then yet she was just pouring right back towards us and mm-hmm. blessing us. So spiritual aspect is obviously the biggest part mm-hmm. of healing. But also the ability if they need, you know, and oftentimes these girls do need some traumatic care and therapy um, to receive that. A couple of our girls right now have needed more of that than the others. Mm-hmm. So we we provide that for them and the mm-hmm. therapy they need to continue to heal mentally and physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the schooling aspect as well. Mm-hmm. So giving them chance of an education, which in as anywhere in the world, that is that is empowerment to give them that opportunity to, to know and to learn and to be a very confident and successful young woman. You know, I'm excited about your ministry because you're not only thinking about the one, but you also have that big vision. And I like people that are big vision people, but never forget that one, that woman at the well, we'll call it, you know, and to remember that she's there. Now, listeners, we've been talking with a wonderful gal who loves the Lord with all of her heart, and she loves him so much that she loves others, and especially those that are disenfranchised, those that have been victimized by manipulation and physically abused and all the rest in the whole sex trafficking industry, we'll call it, as horrible as that is. That's Caitlin Crane. Her ministry is called Just One, and I'm sure that this has piqued your curiosity to know more about the ministry, more about what's going on. And maybe in some way you would like to add your part in helping them in just one. So I encourage you to go to their website. It's just one and it's the number one, just one.org. That's just the number one.org. You're going to find it's a very beautiful website. It is easy to navigate through it. It'll give you all the information you need to know about their story, their mission, their work, their strategy, everything that they're doing to help people become aware of the issue. But again, they're not just a ministry that is crying, fire, 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 look at the problem. They're also one that want to run into the building and to rescue those that are involved in it, but not just drag them away from all of that, but to then put them in a place where they can begin to recover, be restored, and to have an active place in the world today, adding value to many people. And I love the fact that it's not just in the United States, which we'll talk about that on another program, but also in other countries, because often they do come from other countries. Those of you that have been following the news over the last few years, you know how these high-profile, well-respected people have now been involved in the sex trafficking thing. And of course, they themselves are not directly, but they've got their lieutenants that do all of that. And oddly enough, some of them have had women that went after these girls to bring them to them. So you know that it's everywhere we go. And so I want you to be a part of this. In addition to that, on our next program, I want you to be able to hear her heart of what you can do practically. Now, as a Christian mom and a Christian dad, maybe you're thinking, no, not my family, not me. You know, that's down the road a piece. Well, I want you to know that it could be down the road a piece, but it's still in your backyard. And if it's in your backyard, there's something that you can do about it. And you'll want to be a part of that program to specifically know What can I do to prepare my child to be able to recognize when the line is being crossed or I'm being tempted to cross that line? There are a lot of little steps. They're not all the same, but at the same, if they violate those steps, they can end into a lifestyle that is often very difficult to get out of. And parents, not to scare you, but to make you aware, when they take a girl, you will never see them again. 
apart from God's intervention. So you can see why this program is so important, make it clear, but also the ministry of Just One with Caitlin Crane. Caitlin, I want to thank you for being with us today, but I also want to thank you because when you head out in your ministry, you're going to war. And it's not so much against the men in that industry, it's against Satan in every way, shape, or form. So our listeners, I'd like you to just, in your own time, your own walk with the Lord, would you lift up Caitlin and her team of warriors to do something about what they're doing to rescue these girls, to work with these little boys, to help them understand what is going on. Caitlin, you have a closing thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? I think oftentimes when we hear this much information, you know, and we begin to be exposed to the level of of this issue and, and the impact it has on the world around us, we initially might honestly want to just shut it off and and kind of pretend it's not there. I know that was my initial response, even as a younger young woman. (laughs) One of the quotes that that still to this day inspires me is from William Wilberforce. He says this, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know. So that quote calls me to action. It calls all of us to action and to now with the knowledge that we have to do something about it. Well, dear ones, listeners, I'm so glad that you could be with us to hear our dear friend, Caitlin Crane. At the same time, I want to thank you for supporting the ministry of Make It Clear so we can broadcast programs just like this. Radio stations need to do their thing, and so they charge us, and then we're able to do this. And so I thank you for giving, and you can do that by going to makeitclear.org. That's makeitclear.org, and you can give, and you can give to the radio anything you want with that. But I also want to have you to be back for our next program. Our next edition, we're going to have Caitlin go into more of the practical simple steps. And you'll want to be a part of this so that you can be more than someone who just says, I know about it. I want you to know about it so we can be called to action. Again, my name is Stan Pons. Thanks for listening to Make It Clear. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.